welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Last podcast. Rick Roberts here. So glad you're with us today. Today is a great uh, day to listen because I've got a, a super guest for you, uh, Stephen Bergatze. You may or may not recognize that last name. Uh, Nate Bergatze, very funny comedian. He was on the show back on episode 74, and he talked about his father who did magic. I've actually uh, seen Stephen before and met him at a couple of gigs that we have both been on and in different spots. And anyway, I got to have him in the studio today and talk to him about how he started magic, uh, why he started doing it, and how it helped him overcome some things early on in life. Uh, a ton of great information, even if you're not a magician, about life and about comedy. And he has some great stories you're going to want to check out of here in just a second. Also, just a reminder, I'll be in Columbus, Indiana on April 9th doing a clean comedy show at the Simmons Winery. There'll be a meal and the comedy show. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you live close by, you want to catch my show, that'll be a great opportunity to do it. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So check that out on April 9th. I'll put some information in the show notes for you. And then lastly, if you're in the Nashville area and you'd like to take the School of Laughs improv class, that is coming up in April as well. Those will be on Tuesday nights from 5.30 to 7.30 on April 5th, 12th, and 19th. So if that's interesting to you at all and you want to jump in and be part of that, shoot me an email at schooloflaughs at gmail.com and I'll make sure to get back to you with some more information. All right, that's out of the way. Let's talk to Stephen Bergatze. Welcome back to the School of Last podcast. This week, I've got somebody that I'm looking forward to talking to, and I know you're going to learn a lot from it. Stephen Bragazzi. How's it going, Stephen? It's going. It's going, going pretty good? Yeah. Very talking good. to, uh, I was trying to look a little bit about you, and so, so, you know, they need to know about you. First of all, you, you spell your name R-I-K. That's not right. <laughs> That's not right, is it? Because uh, you're, you're, we're not the same age, but we're, we're within the ballpark. And I know our parents didn't do that. Nope. No, my, they would have never made that big mistake. I'm busted. <laughs> yep. Long no, as That's awesome. I, can't, I told my wife, I go, I, I want to make sure before I go I, that, uh, that I'm calling him the right thing, just saying Rick. But Yeah, it's Rick. When I, when I first started stand-up, Pretty early in, I got a chance to do some commercials, and there was, it was enough of it to where I could join the union, but Richard Roberts was taken, Rick Roberts was taken, <laughs> Ricky Roberts. I was down to R-I-K if I wanted to even have a semblance of it, which made it hard for everybody to find me on the internet, because yeah, yeah, they're all uh, spelling it the other way. And uh, and there was like a Rick Roberts that tried stand-up a long time ago. He was like oh, on The wow. Bachelor or something. So if they find that clip, I never get the job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's out. <laughs> now, you uh, you do magic. You do speaking. You do all kinds of great stuff. Uh just kind of let's to go back to kind of when you first started magic. Like, when did you come across it? Kind of what age? And yeah, I mean, so, you know, I had an uncle that uh, did the, you know the coin out of the ear thing and stuff. So I always had that fascination with magic. Uh, also, as a student growing up, um, uh, when I was really young, I was in an accident. I was bitten by a dog, and and that's uh, so why I, I really do talk this way. Uh, it used to be a lot worse. I used to have a real bad stutter. And uh, stammered and, and everything. There's there sounds I couldn't make and stuff. So I was uh, uh, put in special ed classes when I was in the second grade. Uh -huh. And so uh, later on, when I uh, magic would be the thing that I had a, t a guy use to make me want to read because I'm old. And so there was no video, there was no internet. Right. You had to read it and uh, try to understand what they were talking about. Uh, it was also at a time that where. Uh, magic books were written kind of in a code anyway. You know, they would just say, I do the, the Emsley count or, you know, do this count or just move. And they didn't explain it. They took it for granted. You knew what that was. Wow. So you had to go back and find out yeah. what that was. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why you almost had to know a magician. I mean, somebody else that you can go, what are they talking about? Uh -huh. Then he could show you. Then you all right, now, now, now you could do whatever uh, the trick you were trying to learn and stuff like that. So, 
I, I really didn't meet the, the, a real magician until I had ran away as a teenager. Uh, I had a kind of tough bringing up. I wasn't a great kid, and I didn't have the, the greatest parents at that time. They had a lot of struggles on their own and and stuff. So it was kind of a mutual agreement I should leave. Really? And so I, I left Louisville and, and came, uh, lived on the streets for a little while, but then I had a cousin here named Ronnie Bargatze, lives in Nashville, and he was coaching at Vanderbilt. Came through town and kind of found me and offered me a chance to stay with him. So I thought, all right, warm clothes. I thought he was rich. He, he wasn't rich, but he was well. He had a place to stay. Yeah, huh? he had a lot better than my family was. Wow. So, so you, <clears throat> did you like hitchhike down from Louisville, or how did you? Yeah, get no. Down? Actually, I was just living on the streets, and uh, he. I didn't know this at the time, but my father had called him, okay. and I didn't. I, I didn't find that out till way after my dad died. And uh, which was really kind of cool, but and uh, they knew where I was at, and he came over and just offered me the chance. I had nothing. I said, "Why not?" So I came down here, and I'm with, with I'm with with him, and I'm eating at a McDonald's one day for lunch. I was working at a bench and bite right, not very far from where we are, and um, Ronald McDonald was out there doing a magic show. And it was, I mean, he did some really cool adult tricks. It wasn't, uh -huh. it was the Miles for Smile shows. I remember when they, and it was a great trick. Uh, he tore that newspaper up and put it back together. He did some, he did kid stuff, but he did a couple of things. I went, well, in the world, how is he doing this? Right. And uh, so I decided, nothing to do that day. I said, I'll wait and meet him and stood in line and, uh, and met him. His name was Tom Hart. He was a, a math teacher at McGavitt High School. Here really? In Nashville, Tennessee. Sidelined as a McDonald, yeah. Ronald McDonald. Uh, Tommy was, he, 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 he wasn't funny. I don't mean to say that. It would break his heart. He was, uh, we call him David Copperfield funny. You know? Yeah. Get, <laughs> Creepy funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and you have to kind of write it out. He could, he, could, he could do a script, but he wasn't naturally funny. Right. But, uh, but he was a great magician. He really was. And so we just were kind of became friends. I came up and asked him. I asked, I remember, I remember telling him, um, how do you do this stuff? I said, well, you do. He know, you said, read books. And at that time, I, you know, I wasn't, I, I hadn't gone back to school. Uh, and so I said, well, I, I don't read. And uh, he he was just, had the kind heart, and he, you know he goes, ah, so I, I'll just show you. He showed me how to hide a card behind your hand. Mm -hmm. and he said, if you can learn that, you can learn everything I did today. And uh, so I left, and he told me where he was going to be the following week. And so I left, and everywhere I went, and I was practicing that thing. And the next week, and he, the show starts. I'm in the back, bombing, wanting the whole show. I'm trying to make trying to get start. his attention. Like, Please look at me, and I know he's rolling his eyes. <laughs> oh God, I should have never started this. But um, we became great friends, and uh, he was an unbelievable teacher and with the magic and stuff. And he was smart enough to tell me, you know, that because of the way back then I still stammered and um, I had no confidence. I wouldn't look people in the eye or mm -hmm. anything. But um, you know, he said you have to be funny and uh, the, with your character and stuff. You're gonna have to do it. And that even takes me way back to uh, in high school. I wasn't really, I wasn't really a popular kid or anything like that. I was kind of. A loner, I mean, kind of by myself and whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, they used to come in special ed classes, and they would make us clean the cafeteria up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Afterwards, we'd have to pick rocks off the football field. But uh, the drama teacher came in, and it was my senior year in high school, so we were kind of senior, if you can call it that. Mm -hmm. But uh, they said, um, we need extras in a play. And her name was Sherry Brandstander. You don't never forget these kind of people. And they needed somebody in the play to be under a tent, and the tent was supposed to blow over like a storm, and he was going to come up in his underwear, and he said some stuff, and everybody laughed, and you danced, uh -huh. or did something. And uh, uh, I had really long hair, and that's, that's a good story. We'll that's a terrible story, but I can tell you how I got that. <laughs> okay. But uh, uh, so I was a great hippie, and she, and none of the really cool kids would do this. They weren't going to get in their underwear in front of everybody. So um, she said, she just looked, I was just standing in the background like a tree, like all the, everybody in my class, we were just standing there. Right. And, um, and she said, hey, you're funny. And no one had ever said I was funny. I, you know, I, she said, well, "Why don't you do this part?" And I go, "I'll do it." And uh, she told me about the joke. I couldn't remember. I couldn't say it. Like I said, I, "I'm not going to talk." So she put somebody in there with me, 
which today doesn't look too good. The tent blows over. I'm in my underwear <laughs> with another man. Man, that's probably didn't. That's probably why they were laughing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it. But, uh, he said the joke stuff, and I danced around, and and everybody laughed. And my the end of my senior year, I was the funny guy. You know, I was that guy that did that, and everybody, and it, and uh, football players asked me to play football, and uh, I never got in. Uh, I was the equipment guy. You know, if somebody's belt broke or helmet snapped, or they right. take off, I'd look great at the beginning and be holding my clothes on at the end. But I was a part of things, and it all became around that funny guy. So I didn't know how. I mean, I walked around for a couple of years in my underwear. That didn't work. <laughs> yeah, started getting frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, I knew when I met him, the clown, uh, Tommy, and uh, I go, wow, here's a way for me to make people laugh. And, you know, instead of I've been laughed at <clears throat> most of my life, so I thought, this is, this is what I want. This is a, a venue for me to do it. And so, and me and Tommy really had to learn on our own, like I said, because didn't, we didn't really understand how to be funny. Right. So uh, we just started going around, and he would put me in these little slum comedy clubs and make me get up there and do stuff, and and uh, you know, you cut your it, teeth with the yeah, tough crowds, and you do it long enough, and people laugh. You keep what they laugh at, and you throw away what they don't. Right. And uh, you know, and ten years later, you got an act. That's incredible. And he, so, you know, it's always about a lot of times about chance encounters with people. You know, yeah, so right. seeing him outside the McDonald's that one day, the teacher saying, "Hey, you're the funny person." Yeah. I mean, just think about if you're in a different place that day, either of oh, those days. It gives me chills. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even be talking to you because you probably wouldn't have done magic and I wouldn't have known who you were. Isn't that weird how things uh, work? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean it's, 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 it's unbelievable mm -hmm. uh, that I'm even down here. And who knows that uh, my son, who's a great comedian, right. far better than I am, Nate Bargatze, and he is, uh, he wouldn't be who he was yeah. if any of that hadn't happened to me. And in fact, uh, all my kids are very funny. I mean, his his sister is is funny, Abigail, and his brother, very funny. He's a good actor. He does things w with uh, his church and stuff, and they're, they're so talented. Uh, I honestly think that they get a lot of their comedy, too, from their mom, and I, I married uh, the, I only had one girlfriend my whole life. Uh -huh, so you have got to marry this one. <laughs> yeah, we, we met in eighth grade with a do you like me letter. Really? Yeah, those things. A little were, note yeah, going past. You had no idea they worked, did you? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I sent 17 out, but I got one back. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we went together almost a year before I talked to her because I was a spitter, and mm -hmm. I didn't want to spit on her, but I used to just like wave at her. That and, is great. Uh, but uh, she's funnier than all of us. Uh, so, I mean, she, yeah, she's, she's smart aleck funny. Yeah. I mean, one of those kind of little comments that you just look back and, you know, that's great. Yeah. You know, and stuff. So she's, um, like I said, always, I think, the funnier of the group. But we, both of us fight to see which one of us can get a joke into Nathan's act. That's, uh, that's, our, that's our big battle right now. <laughs> Have so you got one in? I've got two that kind of, he, of course, he made them 10 times better. Right. And she's gotten one, so that's good. so I'm winning barely. Did she ever? Um, was she ever like a sidekick in your magic no, show at no, all or no, anything? You know what? She is uh, would never get up in front of somebody, and even as when I perform, even ask her to pick a card, she would die. But at work, she was the funniest person. You know, everybody was hanging around her, and just like her father, uh -huh. the same way he owned a bar, and, and and people would come in if he wasn't there, they would wouldn't stay. And uh, but she's that person. That everybody goes around her, and, and everybody. She can make everybody laugh. Uh, she loves sports and stuff. And when a uh, big Vanderbilt fan, and, and uh, when they lose or whatever, she gets ten people call her. Is, is so that where Nate gets it from too? Yes. He's, he's pretty yes. hardcore on that yeah. Vandy stuff. Him That's and right. Keith Alberstadt are just the biggest <laughs> patrons for, for right. Vanderbilt. And Keith worked with my wife. Oh, and? at Vanderbilt. Okay. Yeah, so she was there. So, you know, and Ronnie, he was coaching there. All of that, again, go back to that day when he came got me. Then he got her job at Vanderbilt Athletics for about 10 years, and she did that. And um, But that's, I mean, she's just that person. It was, And it's really funny, like, when I go to work things with her, um, I don't step on her. Right. You know, this is her time. And she's, so I said it in the, I, I, and, and, and. Naturally, I'm in, I'm an introvert. I, I don't talk. If I if I don't know any, if I go to a party, I'll sit in the corner and just look and watch people. I don't. I won't say nothing. I'm not. I'm not the kind that's going to run up and say, "Who are you?" Or right. Whatever. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Yeah. But if you ask me to do a trick or do something, I can take over the party. Right. Or I can just sit there and never talk. But. Uh, it was always funny. My wife, they would always go to her. Everybody's laughing. They'd go, like, who's that guy? And she'd go, oh, that's my husband. Oh, 
Sorry, uh, what does he do? Oh, he's a comedian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and what's his other job? That's what they always say. Yeah, yeah. And so what does he do for a real job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to give you more money because <laughs> we don't see how he's making it. <laughs> how are you putting up with that dude? <laughs> did you, um, uh, how, how early on did you find that, you know, that, that he was taking you to those clubs and getting you cut your teeth and stuff like that? How long right. before you said, okay, I can, I can go on my own and do this and, and make a run yeah. at it? It took me, uh, like I said, almost 10 years. And during that time, it's 10 years, I was a clown. Um, you go to the clown college and all that? Nope. I went to his bathroom and watched him get ready for Ronald McDonald every day. So he put on every, the makeup. Yeah, and... Every time, uh, in the beginning, when he would have a Ronald McDonald show, he would invite me and we would put the makeup on the same. I mean, I looked exactly like uh, Ronald. I made my own wig. Uh, so he showed me how to make a, a yarn wig. Uh-huh. And so put that on. And uh, pretty much I'm Ronald McDonald except with a different wig. And... Uh, that was it was the clown to be honest with you that gave me because i had a great clown voice i i, I did i wouldn't have had the guts to get up to people without makeup uh-huh. but i could put the clown voice i could put the clown makeup on and i would act silly and dumb and that gave me you know a little courage to be goofy and to, and to do the dumb outrageous thing because a clown would do it right and uh i always thought it was funny i, I would meet these clowns people come up and go oh wow i uh is that your real voice how do you do that and stuff like that and i you know i said you got to get a dog and stick it on your face and <laughs> you can have the same voice and uh but no one was ever that dedicated but my goal was always and even with him with uh tommy was you got to get the makeup off uh-huh. and you got to you got to start doing this without the makeup that's so how long and did that take you yeah to i mean literally to... it was almost 10 years of like before i said no more clown wow. so uh so i would say seven years uh of just yo-yo the clown and then um the last three years i was like half and half i would take it off and start doing more and more my, my magic was very good because he was a very good magician mm-hmm. so he was teaching me really good stuff better than i'm not saying better than all the clowns out there but they were better than your typically clown magic right. and um so people would see that and they would go wow you know what my adult fans would like to see some of this because i actually would do close-up card track tricks and stuff during breaks and if they were an adult walking up uh, and I spent some time at Opryland, some adults would walk by, I could blow them away with some really good cards. Right, right. <laughs> and so uh, uh, that was uh, kind of the, the road I took. I would do that, and they'd go, I want you to come thing. Are you going to dress like that? Well, I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did you ever get like halfway through a show and you're like, oh, I, I need to put the makeup on because this is not going the right way. <laughs> of course. The makeup would close this deal really hard. And... Yeah, I could go get you know, like balloon animals. Do that. <laughs> that's, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, Opryland, uh, they used to have that branch, Corporate Magic, right. which booked a lot of those corporate events. So were you yep, kind of in their, yep, in their book that. and kind I of deal? I that. Uh, worked for the hotel when it first opened a lot. And uh, I had... Uh, uh, there was Opryland had a couple of things. They had that tree place where that uh, had a feature magician there. I did that for just a little while when they were looking somewhere else. I didn't want to make all that full commitment. Mm-hmm. And but then later on, I, I worked there one season as uh, a, I would go around and do the corporate things, but also sometimes they would put me across from the water ride. Do like the atrium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I can remember there's a trick called the clatter box. And what that is, it's a, it's a little wooden box you show it, and uh, you show, open the front door, and it looks like it's empty. And, uh, and you give it to the kid to hold, and you make a handkerchief disappear. And then when the kid opens it, the box breaks and just falls apart because you know, it's really cool. It's called the clatter box. Uh-huh. And um, I used to watch the uh, – uh, Here's what really happened, and and just and honest, my personality today almost came from this because I was, I was the nice, really good kind of guy, and I decided uh, I didn't want to be Opryland anymore. Mm-hmm. It was too much and uh, too hard, too many shows a day. I said this is not fun for me anymore, so I, I said I quit, and uh, I found out that you can't quit. You know the contract. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you're under contract. <laughs> oh gosh. And uh, so my wife, smart as she is, she goes, well, why don't you just get fired? I go, great idea. And uh, so I just started kind of being mean to the kids. I figured, I figured they won't like that. Right. Well, that was wrong. My show, I mean, the meaner I got, the funnier the show became because I act like I didn't like the kids. Right. That's very much is who I am today. 
and uh, or I'm kind of I could I'm, I think I'm playing with the kids. Uh-huh. I mean, some people could take it the wrong way, like he's being mean, but it's play. So you're irritated with him, kind of. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like I get out of here. I don't like kids, and uh, so. I would watch this water ride, and after a while, you could time it perfect, and, the, and the, it was that log one would come down, and it would take a bunch of water over a bridge and get you wet if you were there. Yeah, the log flume. I remember yeah, that yeah. thing. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But right beside it was uh, a grass area that had probably 10,000 gallons went over the bridge, and another 5,000 went sideways in a drain, and that was right by the side where I was at. And so I would get this kid, and... Uh, Tell him that I had this special box I paid a lot of money for. I'm going to make the handkerchief do it. And I, I don't want him to see how it works. So I blindfold him. And uh, I would literally pick him up and put him over the fence oh. <laughs> by this thing. So that water would, and he would be standing. And I could time it perfect and, the, and throw it. And all of a sudden, I mean, just 5,000 gallons would hit this kid. And he would like disappear. And it would knock him down in by the drain. Um, it, I mean, it was, and I'd be yelling at him. He'd be soaking wet. My box would be broke and all that <laughs> handkerchief. And, I mean, people would just come for that trick for a while. I only got to do it uh, maybe about a month. Or, or I would do that trick. But uh, it, it, it was so great. Bad thing was they a lot of times my box went down the drain. I had to buy a couple of new ones. Yeah. Oh, that was like 45 bucks. Then was a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Of my pieces. But uh, <laughs> they uh, – um, Kids were kind of meat back in those days in the eighties. People dropped them off right. at Opry Land. Yeah. You, you became a babysitter. They would ride whatever rides they wanted to do. By ten o'clock, they're done. They just come and yell at the magicians. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know, why well, I've seen that. I've seen that. So this was a way. Uh, what happened was, I, I they became my friends. And uh, I would get there, and they would all fight to be that kid because they wanted to be the one that got knocked in. That's the drain. great. Yeah, so I would say, "You be at this ten o'clock show. You be at eleven thirty, and and I would just assign them, and they get, and they they, they never knew when the water was going to hit them, mm-hmm. so they'd be they'd be shaking over there. Yeah, they knew it was going. coming. They just didn't know exactly when. <laughs> but oh, it was so funny, and uh, and basically, I just kind of kept that character. Uh, I kept that guy. That was something that uh, that was a big turnaround for me. Was to be that guy that necessarily doesn't like. That was kind of the hook. Like yeah, nobody else yeah, is doing yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else is so nice and sweet to everybody. I think I, that's I, great. And I was going to ask you about it because I saw you have a DVD called "I Hate Kids." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, there's got to be a great angle on that. But that, that was like your hook. Yeah, that like, was the beginning of it. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, but I can also tell you that same DVD trick got me kicked off of Disney uh, because just, just because of the it said I hate kids. Uh-huh. Like they did what you did the research, and uh, I got invited by somebody that had seen me or something and to go down and audition for the when they first came out with the uh cruise ship mm-hmm. me and uh, a couple of my friends all went all down there and and uh they were all saying oh you got this i mean you're the, i mean i mean your show is just great with kids and stuff and they just said Oops, you got something called i hate kids <laughs> no 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 <laughs> uh, and they didn't even wouldn't even look at me wouldn't even like yeah just because of that dvd <laughs> whatever and it's a trick really right that uh uh, that I do that uh, for a corporate because what happens when you go do a corporate job sometimes somebody brings their kids uh-huh. it's usually the bosses or the secretary's daughter and or somebody and everybody else is mad that they didn't get to bring their kid yeah and it's like why didn't nobody tell us and uh unfortunately about being a magician and a comedian and comedian the you know they think every opportunity me oh i wish i had my kids with me and right no no come on no. and but uh so that's why honestly a lot of times I, I book myself more as a comedian than a magician but just for that very reason but if I got, I wanted a trick that I could do if I showed up and there was a kid there. Gotcha. And what this is, is three little wallets and you give the kid, you go, ah, there's a kid here. I, I don't like kids. Uh, no offense. I got kids of my own I don't like. <laughs> and um, say, if I don't use you, everybody goes back mad saying you didn't use the kid. And uh, so I have to do something. I don't want to, but let's do this and we're going to play a game. You're going to lose. <laughs> I'm way smarter than you. <laughs> You know, and uh, I got to know what grade you're in, the fifth grade. I had two years of the fifth grade. I'm way ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just all over this kid. And he he thinks he can win a dollar and everything. I tell him he can't, but he does. So what really happens is the audience just kind of goes, yeah, this is great. He's picking on him. And he, says, he shouldn't have bought his kid. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they're going, oh, he's, all right, I hope the kid wins. Yeah, yeah. yeah now, now it's like, start pulling for the kid. Now he wins. And you let him go all the way back to the seat. And so he picks wallet number two. It doesn't matter. 
And then you go, oh, wow, you're really great. Better than I thought. But I thought you were going to say one. You show that that had a 10 in it. Oh, and yeah. that one had a 20. <laughs> and then you go, yeah, you're not so cocky now, are you? <laughs> and now the audience is back to, on your side because they didn't get to bring the dog on. Yeah, get, get him. That's great. And so it's, it's just a, it's a, it's one of my best sellers I sell to magicians. Uh-huh. Uh, probably it is the best seller uh, trick I have because you can do it. The sad thing is, I shouldn't have called it I Hate Kids because, uh, you know, I mean, you know, in comedy, not everybody can pull that off. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, even though yeah. they bought your trick, they can't buy that persona and pull it off. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you're a really nice clown and all of a sudden they hate people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you got to be smart enough to go, all right. And I was, uh, one of my good friends, uh, he put it out for me, Sean Farquhar and Palmer's Magic. And he does it, and he's the sweetest guy in the world, but it's very, very funny. And if I was smart enough to let him name it and put his routine on it, I would sell three times as much. And matter of fact, he sells, he's the one that's selling them all. Yeah. Because when I do it, I, you know, I might, even in front of a bunch of magicians, I'll get all the pros by it because right. I know, all right, I can fix this. But, you know, if they're not really doing this all the time, they can't see beyond that and yeah. changing it. I'm not going to sell it to him, but Sean could. How does that work with, with magic tricks? So that's the difference. That's one difference between comedians and yeah. magicians is you guys get a trick. It's kind of, it's yours and, and it's got your stamp on it. And comedians would never sell their best bit or something no. like that. But magicians are kind of, they work in, in that way where you can share some of the stuff. You buy it, but you, know, you don't mind your trick being in somebody else's show. Yeah, you know what? It's, and honestly, it's, it's not that we don't mind because we do. <laughs> it's like, you can buy this, but please don't ever do it. Yeah, uh, don't do it on TV or yeah, don't yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Don't do it. Don't go to it. Uh, <laughs> my thing always, you know, we have a, the, the mecca of, of magicians is Magic Castle in Hollywood, right. California. And I had several of my tricks go there before I could. Uh, so I was guys that perform it. And that, that's when it gets you. You're just going to go, well, I want to go. And at that time, no one had heard of me or whatever, and I couldn't, you know, they're not going to take me, but I was going to put my tricks for there. Right. And these guys are doing these things I'm doing. And uh, so eventually it gets sought out. So that's my, my only thing is don't do it on the castle. Yeah, and definitely you don't do this on TV and, uh, uh, you know, or magic conventions and, and places like that where, where I work. Right. You know, if you want to do it in your little show and your little town and all that, it ain't going to bother me. And you're not, we're not, I don't care. But uh, we so in that way we do share a lot. But we also know we have to know that ninety, uh, eighty five, maybe eighty five percent of the people that go to conventions and they buy our tricks, they're not full time. Right. Yeah, they're just guys that just want something. They want to do it in a little church on Sunday, or they want to do it uh, as a as a clown on weekends and trying. So it, you know that's what we do. So we can make money and and survive another way to make money. Right. We're not we're not so worried. We just hope that they're smart enough to. Uh, you know, not overexpose it to make it so you can't do it. But I, I've also had it, one of my things, a guy uh, was going to go on American Got Talent. You know, it's like, boy, as soon as you do it. Mm. And it's a, it was my, I don't even want to share it. It's, uh, it's the best gag I've ever wrote in my life and the best, get the largest laugh in my show. And I gave permission for this guy to do it. And uh, he called to do it on that show. And I'm going, uh, you know, I had to say no, because as soon as he did it, it's not mine. Right. It's his. And. It's gone. Yeah. I said, you know, me and you'll never even, and I'd given him permission to use it. I mean, he's a friend. And, but you uh, didn't but know he was one. Yeah. But he wanted, wanted to use it there. He, but he was a professional, so he called. Uh-huh. And that was the best part about it. That's how you do it. So you call. And he understood. I mean, it's a, it's a tough said, one. No problem. And yeah. he didn't do it. And, that, and I honored that. It was great. And, yeah. You know, he's the kind of guy I'll get anything else to. You know, but magicians were different than comedians in, the, in some way. Because we do share a lot. Because I mean, you, you, we grew up. We grew up in the '80s, and comedy was mm-hmm. getting first big, and everything was happening. And they used to, they used to count your laughs, and they used to say, "Oh, you're not getting enough laughs for a minute." And and a, and a comedy magic, we don't get that because we have to have process. I got to have a guy sign a card. I got to have a guy do some stuff before I, we can even start. Right. You know the routine. Right. So so there's some dead time right there. So that's where gags became so important. And one of the most uh, uh, probably stolen gag in the world um, uh, was the pulling the pen out of your pocket and it's hooked to the chain. Right. And you go, oh, I got this from the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, yeah. Magi- every magician stole that. And uh, there was a big fight over that. I was trying to think of the guy, uh, Gary Shanley, Shanley, is that his name? Yeah. I always forget. I can't pronounce his last name. But he did that on Carson. 
And he, he said that that was his first joke that he ever wrote for, Car- for Carson. It was his opening joke, and he said it was the most ripped-off thing by all the magicians and clowns he yelled at it. And uh, then I saw... Uh, not long after it, I saw a thing, a clip with Jack Benny. So and way Jack before. Benny, yeah, put, put, pulled out a bank pen tacked to his coat. And I'm going, you know, and I'm not saying Gary took it from there. It just shows you most things have been around a long time. Yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, but magicians, we need that because now I can get that extra little laugh. I can count that as my laugh. I can get that. So I'm having little things going on. Yeah, during the why, downtime. Right. Why the process is going on before I could, you know, put the, I put plungers on people's head. And before I do any of that kind of stuff, I got to get this process right. uh, done. Are there a couple of magic tricks that, you know, comics have these hacky bits where, you know, people in Alabama are stupid or Arkansas yeah. are stupid. Like, are there things that you see like new magicians do like, okay, that's just their starter material. They're going to yeah. work through that. And yeah, yeah. They got to do it. It's, it's uh, uh, clowns and everybody. Let me see your hand. Oh, no, the clean one. Yeah. Okay. That was the clean one. Um, and we all start there. Yeah. <laughs> everybody has this. And you know, it's the same one I told you a minute ago. Uh, the, um, uh, I'm smarter than you used to go, how old are you? So, 10. Uh, I was 10 when I was your age. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that's a big one. So I, I just took that, and I go, all right, I wanted to do something like that. And that's when I came from, you know, what grade are you in? I had two you years did it twice, grade. yeah. Yeah, I'm way ahead of you. It, but it, it was just reworking that old joke. Mm-hmm. But it makes it new and fresh, and it becomes, you know, it's my joke and everything, you know. Uh, uh, that was my name when I was a little girl, you know, that kind of stuff. But you can just change those. I mean, I mean, but that's when everybody has to copy in the beginning. Right. Especially magicians we do, because that's, that's why what's happening in our world is DVDs. Mm-hmm. And now, especially with magic, so you buy a trick, you get the DVD, you see it. Well, they copy everything. They copy the words and and, and the banter, everything. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I'm not against that because I know that's a, it has to happen. But you're never going to go anywhere if you stay there. You yeah. have to add your own bits to it and everything else and change, and then it becomes yours. Do you ever feel like um, you've got a bit that's so unique and so new that you don't even want it on video at all so yeah, nobody else yeah, sees it? Like, I, do you protect some bits like that? Yeah, this gag that I was talking to you about mm-hmm. right there. I, uh, well, really what happened was uh, I kept it for about four years without showing it. I mean, if I even knew or heard a magician was in the audience, I wouldn't do it. Because, huh. I mean, it's, 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 to me, it's, it's as good, as funny as the bank pans and all that, but it's a really long laugh. Almost what I want to tell you, just because it's so funny. I think it's really funny. And uh, but uh, I went to a, there's a thing called Factors. It's coming up and it's in April and it's the top hundred. Uh, like suppose used to be the top uh, fifty magicians in the world, and you had to be a special invitation. You had the, the close up, the hardcore magic. Guys. Uh-huh. Now now it's about 150 people get invited from all over the world. They come to this thing. And uh, there's a there's a code there, and so somebody shares or shows you something, especially if it's something that because you want we want other pros. But this is what I'm working on. Yeah, kind of res- what, mutual yeah, respect you, from your peers. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think? And, uh-huh. and you can get some great advice. But then I'm not the code is I'm not to go back and, and show a bunch of people, right? Especially if he's going to put it out or something like that. I can let him put it out and do all that. But he'll I mean, he's giving me permission to play around with it. And uh, so I did that gag there because I thought it was well protected. And um, um, a guy took it from there and went to England with it. And he uh, changed it a little bit. Uh, I used a knife. It's a knife or a gag with a knife. And he used the gun. But the same joke, Uh same everything. And uh, then he's the one that gave it to this guy that ended up caught, that was going to do an American Got Talent. Uh, Luckily, there's a guy, Mike King, who works out. I was going to ask you if you knew Mac. I know Mike really well. He's a great guy, isn't he? Yes. Uh, I sub for Mac quite often. Okay. And uh, in Vegas. And so uh, Mike saw him do it and it was said, you know. Kind of stepped in. Yeah, he said, you know, you can't, that's not yours and you do it. But he knew me. So they called and when Mike calls you. And asked you, I didn't know this other guy very well. I knew who he is. He's Piff the Magic Dragon. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Great guy, great act. 
And, uh, you know, when, when Piff and Mike ask you permission, you don't say no. You go, okay, he can do it. But Piff was great enough to say, I, I won't do it. Okay. There. And matter of fact, he, and he was just here in Nashville, uh -huh. and I went to see him. I was kind of a little nervous. I'm going, ah, is he going to do it? Because he's on a tour with that show. Right. I'm going, he's doing that everywhere. I mean, a lot of magicians will see him, but he, he didn't. Oh, that's so I cool. Was, I was relieved. Yeah. yeah. Who who are some of the guys like Mac? I used to work with at the Funny Bone Comedy Club. Yeah, like yeah. He, he was he's oh still God. one of my favorite guys, and uh, I knew you were from Louisville there, so I yes. thought maybe you probably bumped into him down the road. But everybody knows Mac, and nobody's ever said a negative word about him. And oh, you can't. He's got the matinee show out there in Vegas still. Is yeah, still, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a Harris. Okay, yeah. he does a one and three o'clock show and uh, stuff, and so. Uh, I just was with him about three weeks ago. I just filled in for him. And I think I'm, I'm going to be back June the 26th. I'll be back filling in for Mike. So he, um, apparently he's making a lot of other money other that time. And he takes off and yeah, we get to go out. Runs off another yeah, corporate. Yeah, and says, it's all right. You go come and, and do it. But you know what? It's, it's great experience. It's good. I remember my first time in Vegas. I was so nervous. One, you're filling in for Mike King. Yeah. And then a lot of the other magicians all come out to see who you are and why you got to do this. And um, and it really wasn't Mike that Mike never. Uh, we grew up literally within four or five miles, and and from each other. And Lance Burton, another famous right. magician there, also grew, he went to my high school. I mean, it's a little bit older than than Lance, a couple of years. So he, I think he's in my yearbook. Uh, the little nerdy little bitty kid uh -huh. never, and him and Mike never talked to me. But uh, I didn't know them. Or right. Like that. But Caulfield's, it was a little gag magic shop in, it's still there, I think, in not maybe not magic, but gag shop in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I used to go down there and get the fake poop or whatever. Right. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the broken glass yeah. sticker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mike showed me, uh, showed me a trick when I was a kid. And, and I bought, a, I think, one of my first tricks I bought from him because he kind of started the magic thing in, uh -huh. in that shop, got it going. And later on, he started a magic club, but I'd already ran away from there. Gotcha. And uh, it's a shame that I could have maybe hung out with those guys. Yeah, had you known. Yeah. But you didn't even know you were going to do yeah. magic until you got down here. Uh, but there was later on, I was working at the Fitzgerald's. Jared, I can't pronounce it. Fitzgerald's? The, the old casino next to Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's gone now yeah. because I, they just tore it down a couple of years ago. But I was there on the strip. Mac was next door to me, and Lance was across the street. How about that? So literally right there, too, and we grew up that close to each other. And that's, you know, there's something that's to be said about the Midwest and the, you know, the kind of the, the disposition people have, because, you know, a lot of performers, a lot of great people come out of the Midwest, they go to Hollywood, but I think people connect with them because they're kind of down home people. Uh, you know, certainly yeah. Mac has that persona, you know, oh, yeah, just yeah. howdy, how's it going kind of guy, <laughs> you know, happy go lucky dude. Who are some other um, people like, like when you go to a, a magic conference or convention or say you're going to go off to Vegas, who, who are some people that you... Yeah. would say you have to go see. Yeah, uh, there's a guy named David Williamson. He's from Ohio, in the middle of Ohio or nothing. He, and, and it's hard to see him now, but he's probably the, the number one uh, Disney magician. But he's also one of the best cor uh, corporate and, and talented magician magician, skill-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, and anything he does, uh, my, these are guys I, I like him. I like Bill Malone. Uh, I like the funny guys, but I don't want to learn their tricks. I don't want to read about them or anything because I think they're so funny. When I see them, I can't make that better. When I see a right. Williamson's thing that he's doing, I go, oh, I could do. I could buy this routine and maybe do it, but it's, I, how can I make it funnier than what he just did? Because he's right. he's the greatest. So I'd rather get stuff from the guy who's like my my mentor, Tommy. Uh, there's a guy named John Bannon, and John Bannon lives in Chicago. He's a lawyer, but he's a really smart man, and his magic is very commercial. But he's his magic is just kind of like a lawyer would do, right? <laughs> you know, but you so lose I, an arm and a leg at the yeah. end of it. <laughs> so yeah, so I can watch him, and I can go, "Ah, oh, what a great trick!" And now I can make that funny, mm -hmm. you know. Say, so "I what do?" And for me, for me to pick a trick, it's got to fit my. That, I mean, that's what the whole key is. All right, how can I make this me? Mm -hmm. And my guy, I'm not a smart, I'm a smart aleck, but I'm also, you kind of wonder if I really am that guy. People, I think people think I am, and uh, that he's not as smart as he thinks he is, but the tricks keep working. You know, they're going like, this guy's a, he's an idiot, but he keeps fooling me. Yeah, is yeah. that, that kind of how you would describe your persona now? Like yeah, he's yeah, kinda it's the, just kind of like. <laughs> the, 
you know, not as smart as he thinks he is, and do you still kind of are irritated with the people that you yeah, yeah, interact so, with, kind of? Yeah, yeah, look, I'm do this and, and you know, <laughs> making, uh, I do, I just, I, you know, I pick, I make fun of the clothes and stuff like that, you know, so I'm not, I, I'm sorry, I'm not making, you know, I go to God sales too. And, uh, <laughs> I almost got that jacket that, that the guy didn't have change for a dollar. <laughs> or I've been wearing it today, and uh, and but you know, and the guy has a an almighty, he's a great, beautiful suit. So yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, they all want to go. You know, he's yeah, dressed better than you, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and you make it so it's that kind of goof, that dumb guy. Uh-huh. But then he, but then also, I think when they leave, they go, "Wow, he 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 fooled me." Yeah. And, and I think that's the biggest key on my king. Um, so often when I grew up, uh, you had the Amazing Jonathan, and right. you had Carl Valentine, and you had these really funny the comic the the comic magician made fun of magic, mm-hmm. and the tricks never worked. Right, and I mean they were great. Though both of those acts were fantastic. Yeah. I saw Jonathan so many times. I mean he would barely get through one trick. Yeah, I worked with him a couple of times. He's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, because the first time you see him, you don't know if like is he just having a bad show. But you come back the next night, it's, that trick didn't work again. <laughs> it never works. And yeah, and so, so and that's what I grew up with. But my mentor, he couldn't, he wouldn't stand for that. Uh huh. You know, again, he wasn't funny. He, I mean, he kind of got the, he got the humor of it, but he he's going, no, if you're going to do that, you got to fool people. Yeah. And uh, and I had no idea, but then later when I saw Mac. Uh, for the first time, and Mike judged me in a contest, and that's how I found out who you know. I remember, oh yeah, oh, I, I must have bought it. We got that thing together, and uh, uh, I got magic contests right about the time I was changed into the magician, because my mentor, he you know, he said, well, you know, if you win a contest, you can charge more money. Mm-hmm. I thought, all right, well, I need to win a contest. I didn't know that you could today. You can just say you want a contest. Yeah, an award winning. <laughs> right. Know. You create a, create a contest. <laughs> yeah. Enter it. And don't tell anybody else. <laughs> but uh, so uh, I actually, you know, I got that. That was the first time I actually saw Mac work, and there, and then I realized, okay, he's doing what I'm doing. Uh-huh. And I think that's why I popular to feel in for him. I know the staff and everything. They say, you know, that my show one has a beginning, middle, and end. It all closes like Mac does. And uh, I really, uh, I really realized I had about two or three tricks that the theme of it was the same as what Mike was doing. I had a cards across. He he turns invisible with the invisible coat. Uh-huh. Funniest, yeah. <laughs> I think act funniest part of act ever. Funniest trick I ever seen created is go go see him with the invisible coat. I was doing the same trick. But I would put plungers on two people's heads and suck it out of this guy's head into here. Well, the same trick's happening. Right, right. Just different methods. Yeah. So, but but it, and the comedy was way different. And uh, so, we, yeah. When, so when I started working with him, I, I was like, all right, I, I don't want to look like I'm trying to copy Mac. So I, now it's, I do it as a mind reading. But I'm still using the plungers, and this mm-hmm. guy's sucking. The, this guy's reading this guy's mind. And uh, so it's two plungers with a, like a telephone. Yeah, wire. I saw it online. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a great visual too. You yeah, know, yeah, just, it's, it's great. It can't get, not be funny with a plunger on your head. You no, know, no, no. These two, you, you get one guy that's losing his hair a little bit, and it, where it gets stuck. Yeah, and if it don't, you you can uh, pretend, right? You know what? Yeah, you pretend. And and I always thought for beginners, we said jump off. This was one of the best things that happened to me. I worked. I was in St. Louis. And Robin Williams was just getting popular. He was doing work in Mindy. Uh-huh. And we, I was doing some kind of kids um, thing in the, in the theater. But that night, Williamson, uh, Robin was there. And so I went and saw him. So we just kind of, you know, didn't leave. You know, packed up. Real yeah. Slow, just <laughs> yeah. Hung around. Never left the theater. <laughs> so the first time I saw him, I, I thought, most creative guy I've ever seen. I said, you know, and and I just walked with my head down low. I, I'll I, I'll never. I'm not right. me. I can't be. The, I'm not. I don't have that kind of talent. And um, um, so we stayed the next night. He did another show. Oh my gosh, the exact same show. The same things were happening. The same. What it looked like was impromptu was all happening again and again. And and that was life changing mm-hmm. to me because uh, that's when I realized, okay. You don't have to do a new hour every exactly. night. No, yeah. and also if something funny happens, make it happen every night. Yeah, 
Uh, one of the things I do, and I do a thing with a net and from a guy named Dick Stoner, buns balled up here in a bunch of net, and like a whole bunch. So it's a, it's an awesome trick. He made it bigger, and I was able to fool teenagers with it because the, the, like, they were smart enough to figure it out because they get sold all the time. So I figured out here's how to trick people with this trick that know how the trick works. Ah, so and, oh, that's interesting. So yeah. it's another level of what they... Yeah, yeah. So now they think they know, yeah, and now yeah. you're fooling them. And fools magicians too, all the time. It's like, what is he doing? Yeah. And and so, uh, but doing the trick, I I have two people up, and uh, I put the ball in one net. It's a boy on the right, and a, I get a girl up on the left, and I take this first sponge ball and I put it in there, and I ask her, what's in the net? And uh, this one girl walked over and put her head down inside the net and looked at it. And, you know, she said, they always say a ball. And uh-huh. I, I go, no, it's a nose. But this night I go, what grade are you in? You know, she was like a senior in high school, a senior. Wow. And you had to walk over there, look inside. You, know, <laughs> right. that you can see right there. <laughs> yeah. So I drag her back. And, uh, and uh, you know, how long you been a senior? Eight, nine, ten years. And so I'm going, so I just wear her out. But then I realized, I go, okay, this has to happen every night. Yeah. And those are those moments. Those are those Robin uh, Williams moments where, where it looks like the people are seeing it. Same thing with the plungers on the head. It gets stuck on that guy's head, and I, uh, the hardest thing for me to ever learn to do was uh, the fake laugh. It uh-huh. looked like I got tickled, or it's not. I, there's nothing I hate worse than to see a comedian laugh at something or his own joke, and it doesn't look sincere. You can, you know, he holds his belly and puts his hand on his mouth. Or like, no, I mean, I hate that. I do, too. Like, dabbing yeah. the corner of his eyes with the, <laughs> with the towel. Oh, oh, like this. Yeah. It still amazes you a thousand shows in a row, but this guy just, yeah. yeah. But, but that's uh, part of that's part of the, the, the yeah, yeah yeah it's perfect and, you know you study that actually I mean uh, I got Juan Tamarez is the, a guy a famous uh, comedian and magician in Europe and, you know and he was he talked about when he fake laugh and stuff you know he stopped he bowed, he dropped his head real quick and he touches his face I mean just like just just a little touch. Uh-huh. And 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 that's what I do, and it, and it sells it. People people laugh, so you just stop and you just you know you just kind of grin. You don't have to do a laugh, right? But you just stop and good touch yourself, you know, and go, man. I mean, what great, you know? I can't believe you walked over there, and uh, so yes. that was the first. The second part was how do I get her to do it? You know, now how can I make this person walk over there and look every time? Right, and uh, it's very simple. I, I I put my hand on her back and I take my middle finger and I push them. Uh-huh. Just a, just a, a little nudge to get them go, and I would say eighty to ninety percent of them, the one they're embarrassed enough because the audience is laughing, and that then they don't, they actually think they just did it. Yeah, that's and it. You got that. You got that few that'll look at you like with hate, and they because yeah. they know you pushed me, right. and uh, you know, and some like that. So it, that's always funny too. But it don't matter because they, they don't have a mic. <laughs> they, yeah, no, going, you know, you pushed me. Get back over here. It's right. interesting. Like I, I'm. <laughs> That's funny. I remember the first time I went to see the same comic in the same week before I even started doing comedy when I lived in Columbus, Ohio, and it blew me away that they did the same material, this, you know, two yeah. nights later or whatever. And and there are times, like you say, when the the crowd does something, I, I usually wrap up the show with the guitar, and I have a guy come up and do a little air guitar at the end. You know, he sings, and then at the end, the crowd does a drum solo, and he. And one night, a guy just put the guitar behind his head, that air guitar, and oh. like it went crazy, and he got a standing ovation. So now I let the guy do whatever, and like I'll step back from the mic, go put it behind your head. See, and ninety percent of the time they'll do it, and when they do it, they get then they go crazy and they get do it even more. But yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And the audience thinks this is something that's happening. Yeah, like this just guy because just, of that guy. Yeah, yeah. that guy just one upped him, and that's what I want. I want, I want the audience yeah. to think that guy was a funnier person than me at the end of the show. Yeah, it gives me chills because uh, that's so genius. Because I, one, I can tell in in your comic life, I don't care who gets the laugh, and we're, we're getting the laugh, right? And you want that guy. Uh, you know, for me, the, the the guy with the plungers, I got a lot of moments like that. Uh, I need him to be that because I put a plunger on his head. Yeah. He's being a great sport <laughs> right. about this. So I want him when he leaves that he was, I didn't want, like, I know, no offense to Jonathan, but uh, I've talked to some people that Jonathan, Mason Jonathan, he gets one guy up and just kills him, yeah. you know, the whole show. And uh, you see some of those guys and they're just so worn out. Not always, but I always wanted, you know. I'm going to come up here and everybody, we're going to laugh and we'll laugh with you. Together, yeah. But I want them to walk out and go, wow, that was cool. So on the plunger thing, this guy actually reads, the the plunger guy reads this other guy's mind. And the audience has no idea how he does it. 
So it's really up to him. Now, he could tell. Uh-huh. He could say how I signaled him what to say or whatever. But Or he can also say, well, you better watch out because I can read your mind. And and, he, and that's what I hope most of them will do. But they leave the stage feeling pretty good. Yeah, they become yeah, yeah. yeah. at a corporate event. Now they're, that, they're, they're a celebrity yeah. in their own group for, right. from there on out. guitar guy is exactly the same. Yeah. Now they're going to go, that was brilliant that you did that. He's not going to go, well, he told me to. Right. He's going to go, yeah, they, yeah, I don't yeah. think they've ever said that. Yeah, you're right. They're like, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. You know, they throw it down like Jimi Hendrix and light it on fire sometimes. Like, do that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, see, see, that's fantastic because you're just giving them a chance to be in show business for a little exactly. while. Exactly. Yeah, it's like their little moment. And, and I, that's, I like to kind of almost step backwards at the end of the show and like they had a good time. Where'd that guy go? He's gone already, you know. Let, yeah. let them go talk to the guitar guy, air guitar guy for a while. Well, that's pretty cool. You got a... Uh, a lot of experience uh, performing all over the place, but you also did some programs where you went into some schools and used the magic to kind of get the attention of some students and lay down some some, yeah. some mentoring type uh, I, I, programs back in the day. Are you still doing that now? Or I is that- still am doing it. I work with the TWSAA, which is Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association. It's a pretty uh, powerful group, by the way. Yeah, if you, if you don't live in Tennessee, there, that's... Well, and every state has their own uh-huh. and stuff. And the thing, I work for about five different states. Uh, I just got back. I was just in Boston working with one of their associations uh, and stuff. And I could do, actually uh, have access to all the states. I just tell my manager, please, I, no. I can't keep doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, I was just in my church at one time and uh, with a youth group of kids, and I was sharing just some of the uh, crap I went through as a kid, and um, so I, I kind of shared that story and. Um, what it did and and what it was like growing up with a father who was alcoholic and my mom had had uh, had some pro- a lot of problems of her own and, and stuff like that and, and so I just I just shared that uh-huh. and I, also I had tried to take my life as a teenager did you really yeah and uh, so sometimes you know I, I was I was sharing that story also and there was somebody it was the director of the TWAA Ronnie Carter at that time was his wife saw me in the church. At the church, okay. And uh, they were having these sports camps every summer. And turns out, by small world again, my, my cousin, the one who I'd lived with, I was not with him anymore. I, I was married by then and go on, but he he was helping them with their camp. So they go, we saw this guy, and he goes, well, that's my cousin, I can get him. So they started getting me to be the closing speaker to all these kids. Oh, great. And I did that for three years. And then at the end of that, they, you know, he said, we, we want you to do this more. And I saw this as a way, one, to get off of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out I'm still on the, Tennessee's a pretty big state. Yeah, I know it could be five and a half hours <laughs> from one corner to the other easy. Yeah. And I, my manager, before we figured it out, there was a couple of times I was in Mountain City and had to be in Memphis the next day. Oh. That's seven and a half yeah. from there. And um, But uh, I've since got her a map. Yeah. But... Uh, so I, I really just go in there, and I the magic is the earning the right to be heard. Mm-hmm. I actually do the same tricks uh, I do almost in Vegas. Uh, I got a couple I do just special cause for teenagers, but I'll do them in Vegas because my show has sometimes kids and teenagers that come because it's a one and a three o'clock show. Right. So I always have those there if they're there. That's why I think. Uh, I'm I'm popular for filling in for him because I can handle. You that. get the versatility. Yeah, yeah. If I yeah. see if I see kids and I see them there, or teenage, whatever age, I can go get them. And uh, so uh, I just kind of do the magic, earn the right for them to hear, and I just give them some some advice. I don't try to, you know, to tell them. Uh, you know what is necessary, right or wrong. Just show them the decision and that I made and what was wrong about them and mm-hmm. why I was wrong and, and things like that. I'm also I probably need to mention uh, the governor's highway safety. Uh, there was uh, some of them. One of the directors saw me one time. I was at a conference as a speaker, and this one guy gets up and he says, "You know, we have some money for schools for speakers and stuff, and nobody's using it." So he was yelling at them. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm coming up next. I'm not at this time. I was just getting ready to start doing some of this, and I go all right. So I borrowed a uh, hundred dollars from me. I mean, he was trying to pack up down at the bottom. I was going, "Give me your wallet." Yeah, he had a hundred dollar bill in there. So I took it and vanished it, and I didn't give it back to him. <laughs> And so he had to stay there the whole show oh, awesome. to get his money back. He couldn't leave. <laughs> and then he heard my story. And then actually, when it was over, you know, he come up. He goes, 
you need to be getting some of this money too. Uh-huh. So the governor and can, and eventually that led to the governor's highway safety that helped pay for uh, me to get into these schools. So the cost to have me at your school is very little of nothing. But uh, because it's a grant, you're not allowed to be 100%, you know, where the, they pay everything. Right. So you have to get the school to pay a little bit. I think they pay 200 bucks, which uh-huh. is nothing. And uh, they uh, get me, and all I have to do is be a member of the TWSAA. Gotcha. Yeah, the higher and stuff. And another good thing, you know, I have friends and people that do this for a living, and I didn't want to go step on their feet. Mm-hmm. It's not fair because they're charging good money to go to school right. and, and they can get me almost for free and so I, that's why i want to stick with high schools so nobody wants to do high school high school is tough yeah, yeah. so uh and I'm, i am doing middle schools now uh-huh. uh too but uh i don't go below that i, I mean unless i have to but i i don't uh, you know sometimes you get a school that's k through 12 right and then i i, I would agree to do that but uh, i'd rather not I let those guys make their money i don't you know i'm being hopefully i'm being kind enough and not trying to step there's about four magicians through the state I know here that, that do that? make a living doing that. And I okay. don't want to act like I'm trying to, you know, it's just not fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of that. But I treat the high school kids exactly as adults. I mean, I do my... I think it's thing. the only way to get the respect. Yeah, yeah. I don't do any kiddie things uh-huh. or anything like that. I mean, I'm actually doing... But when you know when you first walk out, they, they're going... Hey, come on, Mr. Yeah, Bunny, Bunny, guy. Yeah, he's, their eyes are rolling, they're that, staring down. Yeah. And uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin James, probably invented the uh, one of the most popular tricks, which is where you draw a picture of a bowling ball on a pad and it falls out, it becomes a real bowling ball. Oh, wow. And then the picture disappears, the bowling ball part. And he was kind enough to share that with everybody. And he kept telling me to do this trick, and I said, no, I'm not. You know, I'm no one. I don't want to travel with a the bowling ball. ball. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were at a convention one time, and he was going overseas, and he had, he said, he goes, can you just hold on to this for me, and, and I'll get it back. I'll meet you, and I'll get it back from you. He didn't want to take it. And he goes, use it. I bet you'll like it. And, and so I did. Oh, my God. It's perfect yeah. for high school because, you know, they, they think you're dumb, and all of a sudden they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Something whoa, happened whoa, here. I should have been paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty and, cool. Uh, I think there's a great trick. There's an old bar um, comic that did a trick where he comes out and he would cut rope up he, and he talks about a magician he saw once, cut it rope in half, 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 had all these pieces, the best trick I've ever seen in my life. He waves his hand, snapped his fingers and goes back together. And when you open your hand, the pieces fall out and he goes, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> you know, So I, I take that trick and that's my opening for my king. And now, but it, it's getting such a good laugh, I actually use it for all my adult shows. Uh-huh. And here's what, it, here's what that does. It tells the high school kids and whatever, I'm not cocky. Right. I don't think I'm best. I'm not out here to do it. So they're all watching me like a dog. And then all of a sudden, I can't even do that trick. They just all die, like, you know, laugh. And I always go, this guy was the greatest magician I've ever seen. And, and I said, I don't yeah. know how he did it. No, y'all should get him. He might be dead now. But right. I just try to get <laughs> yeah. him. But with Mike, you know, I would say 30 to 40% of the people don't know that he's not there. Because they had ordered the tickets online or they had them for uh-huh. a long time. If they go pick the tickets up, they're going to know because Mike is kind enough to, to do things. But he makes an introduction for you. And it's very good. A video introduction. Like, I'm, no, yeah, yeah, I can't a, be here today. Yeah, That's yeah, a good buddy like of mine. Yeah, yeah. So what that does, but half the audience goes, oh. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, no, we're not, you know. Right. We got and the sub. So I, I really worked on, you know, what can be. So I started doing that rope thing. You know, and I would get there, they're all watching me, and I go, I don't know how how that's done. Uh, Mike King knows, y'all got screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they all. That's all they need. Yeah, they all laugh because it says, I understand. Right. I know that you're not seeing who you want to see. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I know where the comp seats always always go. I don't know why he's not here. What did you pay to get in here? You know, I didn't pay nothing. You're the problem. Yeah, yeah. Show doesn't go good. This is the guy you want to get your money back from. Right. And so. That's a a great opener. You know, it, it would remind me of when you were saying, that is uh, when Saturday Night Live, when Norm MacDonald left doing the news on Saturday Night Live and Colin came in and, and took over, like he knew people were going to be mad at him for taking over, but Norm wasn't there anymore. And so yeah. his opening line was, okay, um, you know, sometimes you go to a bar and you sit there and you talk to the bartender. And he's like a really cool guy. And after a while, you like go in the bar because he's there. And 
he goes, well, I'm just your new bartender. So uh, give me a couple of weeks and see if this works out. And wow. it was like a great way to bridge that little gap, you yeah, know? Perfect. And yeah. you do that with, you know, acknowledging that, hey, I'm filling in for Mac. And if you'd seen Mac, he would have done that. <laughs> for, it's really, it's really great, you know? Yeah. Man. Uh, it, it's changed everything for me to, because, I mean, it, it went from that dread of not even yeah. going, like, I got to get to, I had to get to third trick in my act before I can win right, over. Right, yeah, yeah. But now, I got him right from the beginning. There's nothing better than a quick opening, a strong opening. It, it Doesn't it just relax you as a performer? Oh, it yeah. relaxes the audience, and they're just ready to go with you. And especially self-deprecating like that, they're like, oh, yeah. this, this guy knows. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, I, I, I want to let people know where they can find you. I mean, are you active on... I know you're not active on Facebook. It sounds like from before we started the, the yeah. I, I, thing I, I say I'm not, I mean, I look at it every once in a while. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, I, I, I got too many people. So uh, that which means I think you know if you get if you get there, and if I want to make you a new friend, I have to get rid of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So which is fine. I just look for somebody that they curse on my thing. <laughs> right. I, they're gone, and if they write in Chinese, they're gone. Right. And so I, so I, I, I try to. You know, once a month, delete about thirty people. That you know, that I'm, if I see something bad, I always delete. So I can I can add some people, but I'm not I'm not the greatest at all that. Uh, uh, you know, I tweet, I retweet whatever Nathan tweets and stuff. But I have a website. It's uh, Magic of Stephen. Uh, it's uh, it's not by that you don't want to be by too much any day. So I'm I'm of, of Magic yeah. of Stephen, and it's, and it's Catholic with a ph. Yeah. yeah, dot com. And there's a website there. Uh, I used to have a lot of tricks on there. I still got some, but I had tricks with all my, you know, then I was getting on magic chat rooms and they were going, here's a great place to learn a great pattern, great all this. Uh, and yeah. they were all these people going there taking everything. So, and that's how a lot of the stuff got on Magic Castle and all these yeah. people were, was doing that. So, uh, but they can uh, check you out on the yeah, website. Yeah, but you can go over there and you can contact me through there and stuff and get a hold of my manager. You can also find Nate. And my son through there, I have a, because everybody asked me, so I have a way to. Uh, yeah, so there's a little to, link on there on yeah, your friends. And, lead you to him, and so you can get the real comic. And oh, I can guy. I can <laughs> see where Nate gets a lot of his his wit, and 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 funny that you mentioned like you kind of play the dumb guy at the beginning, and I think Nate does that a little bit to kind of like let everybody relax, and and his jokes yeah. are really smart, you know. So yeah, well, I preach it. I think I think the if I had, I mean, like I said, I think Nathan's funnier and he's way smarter than me. I think if I if he got really anything for me, it's the pacing of his show. Because, huh. But if you like Nate's pay, I, that's why I, I mean, I got an hour and ten, five, ten minutes. I'm doing seven tricks. But uh, sometimes a trick might have a bunch of stuff in it. Uh -huh. You know, it has tons of stuff in it. But I'm not in a hurry. I'm not one of these really fast. Right. And, and stuff. And, you know, so it, it was just like, and I think that, I think when I watch Nate, that's the thing that I enjoy about him. But I think that's what makes him way different than the other guys. I think so, too, because you don't know exactly where the joke is going to pop up. The punchline mm -hmm. is maybe one sentence different than you thought it was going to be. There's no timing you can pinpoint. So it's kind of funny throughout. Like, there's like, he, he's really hard to define in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that's why I like watching him. And, and, and he does great clean material and really smart stuff. And, you know, his, mother, got, his mother would kill him if he did anything. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. and even uh, <laughs> uh, if he even talks about having a beer or anything, he on he did that on one of his specials. I mean, he had to call his mom and say, "I'm going to talk about having a beer," and uh, you know, but, yeah, uh, to calm down. And <laughs> sometimes he'll tell her, but I didn't really have one, or which we know we think he does, but we don't care. Right, right. He's a good kid. Well, you did a good job with him, and he's a good guy to hang out with. And uh, again, now. Uh, I'm going to end the podcast, but you got to let me know next time you're doing anything around Tennessee, you know, Nashville area. Yeah. I want to come see your, the full show and, awesome. and check it all out. But yeah, thank, yeah. thank you so I much. I'll tell you this. Right before yeah, we yeah. go, uh, if you're in Nashville, uh, uh, Bongo Java, that's right, right across from Belmont, uh -huh. uh, up on top uh, is a of the coffee house. There's a little theater that comedians go sometimes yep. and artists and stuff. Well, we have a show there once a month. Uh, okay. A guy named Jason Michaels. And uh, it's called the uh, the Magic All Stars, and that's been a really neat little thing because it's a, where we play around with new gag, new tricks, new everything, and do it. And if I'm if I'm in town, I mean, Jason's a great friend of mine, great magician uh, guy. He has Tourette syndrome, uh, which is uh, very interesting. I yeah. saw him as a little kid, and I was his judge and stuff. And when I saw him. Over in the corner, I thought he's going to knock everything off his stage. I mean, he had really bad takes and stuff. But when he performs, he's perfect. Isn't that great? Yeah, it was just like, oh my gosh! And he's he's David Copperfield, 
And uh, so, but we became great friends and we're still great friends. Well, Jason puts this show on at once a month. And uh, you see some really good uh, magicians there. And uh, uh, a lot of times, if I'm free, if I'm in town, uh, I'll go and play around. Oh, cool. I might just text you yeah. next time I see it up and see if yeah, you're there, yeah, I'm yeah. going to come down because I think I, we're not doing it this month because of something with Easter or something going on. Yeah. But uh, it'll be every, it's the last uh, Saturday of every month. Cool. Bongo job. Well, man, if I'm home, I'm there. All right. You're hey, in. thank we'll you. put you on the show. Hey, I'll, I'll do a couple of jokes. <laughs> yeah, we would love that. Cool. Th- thanks so much for coming hey, thanks, in. Rick, man. And, uh, good luck to you. There, All right, man. Thanks. Thanks. Hope you all enjoyed that interview with Stephen. Very, very nice guy, as you can tell. Very funny guy. And I'm going to make a point to get out and see him at the Bongo Java Coffee House whenever he's home on the last Saturday of the month here in Nashville and I catch him live. Super guy. And uh, I just enjoyed talking to him. And it's funny knowing Nate and knowing Stephen. I can see where Nate gets some of his humor and some of his uh, pacing, maybe a little bit of his comedy influence right there from his dad. And as his dad mentioned, maybe a lot of it from his mom, too. Sounds like she's pretty funny as well. So thank you again, Stephen, for that interview. That was great. I wanted to read a quick iTunes review before I sign off here. This is from Jay Ray, 1977 He says, I'm 38 years old and I've been wanting to try stand-up for the better part of my life. I never knew where to start or even how to approach writing jokes. I listened to every episode of the podcast in about three weeks, and the information I found is literally going to change my life. Hey, thank you very much for sending that in. It gets me fired up to know that not only did you listen to the podcast, but you put some stuff you heard into practice and you're ready to go out there and kick it off and get your first three minutes set after thinking about doing this for the better part of your life. So very good. Thank you very much for that review. And as always, uh, if you guys send in a review or put one on iTunes, I will read it on the air as a way to say thank you for listening. That's it for me. You guys take care and I will talk to you next week. listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.